Welcome to Wildly Tarot Summer School. Throughout August, we will be re-releasing our most learning-oriented episodes, two tarot and two Lenormand, every other week between regular episodes. This will give us, me and Esther, a much-needed break during a super busy time in both of our day jobs, and we'll also give you the chance to laugh at all of our 2019 ridiculousness. If any of the episodes prompt an interest in our Wildly Tarot deck or our Wildly Lenormand deck, both of which were designed with learning to confidently read and mind, they're available at wildlytarot.com. We'll be back with our standard weekly new episodes in August. We love you, and we hope that you enjoy this re-released episode. Yay! (laughs) Now we can start! I know! (laughs) Hi, Esther! Hi, Holly. What's going on? Do we want to go over our very special episode game plan? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited, Holly. I can't even tell you right now. It's going to be awesome. Okay, so what's our game plan for the day? So we mentioned this in our last episode, but we wanted to make sure that there was a good touchstone for people who are newer to tarot. So this is going to be an episode where we you know, go through some very, very tarot basics. We're still doing our card of the day. We're still doing a deck review. We're going to be talking about the mermaid tarot from Lisa Robertson. We originally said we were going to do Luna Soul, but that's been postponed so that Esther can get it in her her hands before we review it. I'm sure everyone understands that. When you want something, you buy something, you expect it within the week. <laughs> and it's been more than a week. And so I'm like very frustrated. And but it'll be that's worth okay. It. I got Mermaid Taro at my doorstep today. And I'm so, 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 so excited. Yeah. So we'll still do a deck review. We're still going to do card of the day. We're going to do an Ostera spread to celebrate the spring equinox. Yes, And we are. we're going to talk about some super, super tarot basics just so that people who are brand new um, have a place to begin, right? Yeah. Shall we do I'm this? so excited. I know. I'm so excited. So what deck are you using for card of the day? Okay, so for card of the day, what is this deck called? This deck is called, (laughs) I got it in the mail yesterday, uh, the Lovely Omens Tarot. Uh, Oh, the pink one. Yes, the pink one. So it was a Kickstarter deck and the um, creator has been selling them on Etsy for a really long time. Not a really long time, like a couple months, but she had a flood in her workroom. And so she had to like deeply discount all of these decks because she was worried about water damage. Um, And so it was a deck that I was kind of like, I really like seeing other people's pictures. I probably wouldn't have bought it on my own, but it was on sale and I have such FOMO as we all know. Yes. But anyway, I got it yesterday and I really like it. It's cute. There's a lot of cats. It's very pink. All of the figures are kind of like badass, really solid bang level women. And by solid bang level, I mean all of them have bangs and they're really great. (laughs) Just to be clear, I felt like that needed to be clarified. Like like they're all solid bangs. I meant that all of them have like a bang game that I really, oh. really am envious of. <laughs> Not all of them, but a lot of them just have like these incredible bangs. Fringe for our yes. UK listeners. <laughs> the magician in that deck is everything to me. I I would get a print of the magician. She's gorgeous. Yeah. And just so badass. I just love that just, vibe like, Such her. good hair. Such good hair. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's called the Lovely Omens Tarot. And our card for this very special episode is dun, dun, dun. the two of pentacles which is Ooh. a card that has been following me everywhere but i love it because yeah. you know you can always use a little bit more balance and i think this episode kind of balances our like repertoire out yeah exactly where we kind of need that beginner level sort of introduction into taro things approachable for our podcast so i think yeah. it's a really good sign of the episode and also, Aunt Margie, this is for you because you have expressed that you listen to every episode even though you have no idea what's going on. So, <laughs> I am Margie. Hi, Margie. Margie and my mom and sister went to go see My Favorite Murder live a couple of months ago in Oakland. And the whole time I was like, man, I wish I lived closer. <laughs> I want to be podcast like buds so with my Margie. <laughs> 
love that. Yeah, so fun. Anyway, so do we want to start talking about just like the basic, basic, basics of tarot? Yes, let's do this. So in a typical tarot deck, you'll have 78 cards, not like a card deck where it's 52. There's many, many more. Yes. And within those 78 (laughs) cards, you'll have 22, what's called a major arcana, and 56 minor arcana cards. And the 22 major arcana cards is what other people sometimes call the fool's journey. And you can kind of listen to our thoughts about the fool's journey in our little mini episodes yeah. about each individual like little major arcana. Yeah. We're just going through them one by one. We're almost done, but yes. we are recording our last two today, right? Oh yeah, my we God. are. It's so sad. It's like We've made it through the fool's journey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yes, that's, that's kind of when you first open up a tarot deck, you'll have 78 cards and it's really simple. 22 majors and 56 minors. Yes, exactly. And for the minors, they're split into four suits, very similar to a deck of playing cards. The suits are wands, swords, cups, and pentacles. They also have elemental associations. So, for example, and we'll go through all of these, the swords obviously have swords on them, and they are elementally related to air, which means that sometimes if people are a little bit more mystical with their tarot readings, they'll talk about air a lot with them. But swords represent intellect. And so a lot of the times when it comes up, it's about thought processes or stuff related to mindset. The cups are emotions. They're usually associated with water. And the cups cards will show up when there is some element of like, you know, personal emotional growth or whatever. Not or whatever. I don't know why I always say or whatever. That's my um. Confidence, Holly. Yeah, I know for a fact that that's true. I don't know why I said um. Uh, Okay, and then for wands. Okay, so actually I should have done wands and swords next to each other because wands and swords, some people see swords as fire and wands as air. And some people say wands are fire and swords are air. Traditionally to us and I think to the majority of people, wands are fire. Yes. And wands represent action. So a lot of the cards are about either planning or executing actions. And so if you have a bunch of wands come up, you know that that's something that you're not supposed to be just like sitting there thinking about. It's something that you're supposed to be planning and doing. And then finally, pentacles, which is one of my favorite suits. We just pulled a two of pentacles. Pentacles is associated with earth. And pentacles represent like material things. So not even just like jobs and money, but also like physical things or things that you can touch and feel. And so they are going to show up a lot more when it's something that's kind of like, this is something you're facing and feeling and like, you know, addressing in your life. I always love it when pentacles show up, but I know that that's because I have so many earth, so many earth things. (laughs) You are the pentacles, Holly. I love the pentacle suit. (laughs) I love Mm -hmm. Taurus and Capricorn energy. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the main thing, the elemental associations is something that will come up and people talk about it a lot. But the main thing when you're first starting out is just remembering that cups are emotions, wands are actions, swords are intellect, and pentacles are material things. Yeah. So what is kind of the difference between the minor arcana and major arcana for you? Because they're completely kind of separate, but together. Yeah. So the major arcana represents like life events and the minor arcana is more day-to-day stuff. I think that that's like probably the most basic level difference or, you know, as we've probably mentioned in a couple of uh, spreads that we've done, if there are major arcana cards, maybe adding a little bit of additional weight to those. The minor arcana is a little bit more nuanced. The major arcana cards tend to be pretty broad thematically, whereas the minor arcanas can feel more specific. I see the majors as very archetypal sort of guides on your journey. Like they're the big neon sign in the middle of the road. While the minor arcana is definitely like day-to-day tasks and things like attitudes, feelings, things that that are going to impact you on a day-to-day basis. I completely agree with you. And the interesting thing is that there are like the main two types of tarot decks are the Rider-Waite-Smith-based tarot decks and the Tarot de Marseille-based tarot decks. And the Tarot de Marseille-based tarot decks actually have a really interesting tradition of people sort of disregarding the minor arcana 
or at least the the minor arcanas. Oh, so one basic thing about the minor arcana that I forgot to mention is that they are numbered ace through ten, just like a regular playing card deck. And then there's instead of having a jack, queen, and king, there's a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. And so those four are separate. And so like in I guess some Tarot de Marseille styles, people just use the court cards. And the major arcana, because the in Tarot de Marseille reading, the minor arcana follows the fool's journey also. But yes. in the Rider-Waite-Smith tradition, that's not necessarily true. And so it's less usual for people doing Rider-Waite-Smith to disregard any cards at all. So speaking of court cards, what are court cards? We, we have you typically in the RWS system, it's page knight king and queen yes but of course like we discussed with last week what's wild unknown it can be daughter, daughter son, son mother father other things like that so what are kind of court cards and what do they kind of mean yeah my favorite court cards are in the mesquite tarot and i'm sure other people do this strategy too but they have what's the first one it's like seeker knower and leader and then pages something else student L- learner learner yeah learner seeker knower leader and I like that's helpful for me remembering the archetypes because a lot of people struggle with court cards. That is something yes. that if you are right new to tarot, you will see a lot of because the court cards in a lot of re- in a lot of descriptions of the court cards, they're talked about as representing specific people. And so yes. if you're looking at it and you're like, okay, so the Knight of Swords is you know somebody with brown hair who acts rashly. And mm-hmm. that shows up in like a, what do I need to bring more of into your life? It's not saying necessarily like you need to go find a brunette man who <laughs> is a wild man, like, you know, person who, right. you know, is always never thinking about what they need to do before they do it. Like that's not necessarily <laughs> saying that's kind of what you need to be going for. It's more like the energy of the intellect from the swords and the knight being the active role and the court cards that's the energy that you should be focusing on is exploring and kind of like, you know, looking for things intellectually. Yes. I think it fits really well with the way that we read taro because at first when I started to study taro and things, I would start to say, well, like, Oh, there's this like queen of pentacles person I'm supposed to like connect with. But then I realized for me personally, since we're more developmental in our style, to me, it's more personality traits that I need to kind of connect yeah. with, that I need yeah, to totally. kind of embrace and things like that. So to me, the style that I'm most comfortable with is not finding a specific person to help me do this. It's, oh, like, I've been pulling the Queen of Wands a lot, so then I should embrace that Queen of Wands energy yeah, and be totally. more confident in myself and be more outgoing and things like that. And it's like, oh, okay, that's stuff that I can – it's reflecting back in me and not necessarily me depending on someone else for that. Totally. And so the one of the reasons that people find it so confusing is what we just talked about. But the other thing is that it can be tricky to remember that pages and aces kind of feel similar in their meaning. Mm-hmm. They can both be about new beginnings and stuff like that. And the pages are sort of like getting to that point of inspiration. The knights are sort of moving forward through it. The queens internally kind of, for me anyway, and obviously Mm -hmm. you can completely disagree with me. That's totally fine. This is all pretty subjective, especially with with the court cards. I think the court cards are like the trickiest because people are like, no, that's not at all how I see it. But to me, the queens are like, I think probably because I have mesquite and that was one of my first like decks that didn't have the traditional page through king i always think about it as like internal strength and understanding that concept but maybe not being as outwardly expressive of it and the way that the kings are outwardly expressive of it yes it's it's more of a receptive energy than it is an active energy because to me the kings are act that active energy and the knight is that active energy while the page and the queen are those receptive energies and kind of internalizing those things yeah totally but people i mean you are not alone if you're like wait what that doesn't make any sense and also holly said two totally different things within five minutes of each other (laughs) like that is pretty normal i think with the court cards and even if you like esther do you remember when we first started doing this podcast there would be moments where we'd be like god i really hope that no court cards no court cards are being pulled yes every (laughs) single week i was like god damn if i pull a court card i'm gonna you know tear my hair out because it's, it's, it's just that that initial paralyzation because you're like i have this court card in front of me and it's supposed to mean something but the meaning is not 
not coming to me. Or it's like, how do I internalize this for the podcast? You know, yeah, it's exactly. Very difficult to kind of navigate that without context, too. <laughs> totally. And I think that that's kind of a key also for new, brand new tarot readers is like, you need to be reading frequently. I mean, you don't need to do anything, but it's helpful if you're reading frequently enough that you can get over those fear moments. Like, mm-hmm. it, like we've talked about before with like scary cards, like death or the tower or the three of swords or whatever. Like you need to be confident enough when you're seeing cards that scare you. And for me, those cards that scare me for a really long time were court cards. So that when you see them, you're not like, huh! like, Oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Because <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the worst, the worst thing you could possibly do with tarot is just not doing it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you have yes. the deck, the only thing you can do wrong is not use the deck. <laughs> yes. And especially with court cards, I feel like there are some foundational keywords for each specific like the pages have specific like everything is in common with the pages there's you know some things in common and then with the knights they're active so that's all the things in common with the knights yeah so it's kind of remembering those keywords that everything's in common and then remembering oh it well this is wand so wand has to do with passions has to do with action so wand plus knight equals blah 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 you know so yeah. it's kind of getting those weird algebraic tarot equations in your yeah. head and working them out but i think that being able to do that and one of the things that i always do when i'm reading for other people is i talk them through that because i want it to be some thing where it's like accessible I don't want people to see a king of wands and be like oh my god like you know I have this horrible association with men who act this way or whatever yes. like because it's not necessarily about a specific person right. and I, when we did the review of the raven prophecy is that what it was mm-hmm. called yeah uh, there was a court card that represented the main character to her mom and I do think that's normal like between the two of us we kind of have associations with a court card for each other. We know Mm -hmm. when something shows up with the queen of wands, I'm like, okay, well what's going on with Esther? Right. (laughs) And when queen of pentacles shows up with the queen of wands, I'm like, oh, it's happening with Holly and I. Yeah, exactly. We have our sort of like natural tendency towards certain court cards that represent our own personalities. Yeah. So you'll kind of find that yourself too. It's when you start to read like, oh, I'm kind of like more of a page of swords. And then you realize like, as you kind of grow in the journey, you sort of develop into different aspects of the different court cards as well right exactly and so the other part of that is like if somebody knows that you're doing that and they're like oh that's not how to do that you can just tell them that we said that they are wrong and mean and horrible and they're gatekeepers (laughs) yes so let's talk about some gatekeeping for a few minutes because that's one of our like pet peeves is gatekeeping yes so gatekeeping is when somebody that's in the group says you can't be in this group until you do X, Y, and Z. And I think that happens a lot with any sort of like niche community, but I see it so much in tarot and in witchy things in general, where people are like, my path is X, Y, and Z. And that's the only way to do it. Yes. (laughs) And that drives us super crazy. And we've had so many rants about this before, but one of them is just like, if you, a huge one, a really, really common one that I think people are mostly getting over right now that you can't buy yourself a deck. That yes. it has to be given to you. Yes. And how do you feel about that, Esther? You're based on your face. My, like, <laughs> I, like just automatically us talking about gatekeeping because that's like one of my like pet peeve. Like, leave them alone. Leave yeah, them alone. Yeah, exactly. Let people like things. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's it's like just because your experience was one way does not dictate how the experience should be for someone else. Yeah. Where you stop putting fear in other people for doing something. You are not the you know sorry. I need to bring it back for a second (laughs) as if you, if you would like to be like a leader and things like that, that is not the way to lead. Yeah. That is not the way environment in any environment, but especially when we're in spiritual environments, that is very hierophanty. Stop being fucking hierophant. (laughs) Get it together. Get a grip. And you know, just say this is the way I do things. Yeah. That's not how that may not be how you're led to do things, but this is my favorite way to do things. Just like we've talked before, like people have said, you can't use a, a deck until you have a dream with it involved. And I'd be like, well, I've only had a dream about one deck. Yeah. So I'd only be able to use how one deck for my fair? entire life. Yeah. You know, exactly. so it's just one of those things kind of like, just because your experience is one way does not mean that everyone is going to have that same but experience. But not even that. Just because somebody once told you something does not mean that it's accurate. And that goes for so many yes. things in tarot. Like, if, like even us. Like, us telling mm-hmm. you that this is the way that the court cards work. If you're like, you know, I actually feel this way, that's totally fine. Like, yeah. we're all allowed. Because the idea that the cards themselves 
can only be one read one way is really, really bananas to me because they're literally just cardboard. They're cardboard with beautiful art that mm-hmm. we put a lot of meaning into. And yes. so if you're seeing something different from that meaning than what I'm seeing from that meaning, that's fine. Because yes. the cards themselves are not like some artists create it so that their decks need to be read a certain way. But in that case, that's okay. That's what the artist intended. But if you don't resonate with that method, then don't use that deck. If it's like something incredibly specific, but in general, like you can do what makes the most sense to you and what feels the best to you. Like you could never, ever, ever use a tarot spread and you'd still be reading tarot. If you only ever did daily draws, you'd still be reading tarot. Yeah. And like we found out there's a lot of fake lore involved in our craft as well. Like people saying the Celtic cross, you know, we've, you know, when we've studied it, the Celtic cross is a bunch of bullshit, you know? So it's kind of like, (laughs) but if you like the Celtic cross, then use it, but don't mandate there. What Esther means there is that it's not like an ancient Celtic (laughs) tradition. It was created in the like 40s. It's not from the (laughs) Toth. It's not from Egypt. It's it's from the Hermetic Order, but anyway, yeah, and a lot of the tarot stuff, and I, so there, I mean, there is an element of the reason that there are all of these, all of this fake lore, which is my favorite portmanteau. I think I love it, it. really is amazing. Um, but the reason for all this fake lore is that a lot of the times before tarot was widely available, people wanted to be able to say like, "You need to come to me for this," right? So it was kind of about keeping the community of people who could read tarot small. Because then the mysteries seem more magical and, you know, people, it was, I mean, like there is money involved. Like if people are paying you to read for them and they're like, you know, I really want to get into tarot myself. It would be somebody now who I would consider pretty unethical to say, Mm -hmm. well, you can't do that until X, Y, and Z. Right. Or like what we've seen, there is some truth where, you know, you could be persecuted for reading tarot. So they kept the community small on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, just like exchanging the decks, that sort of thing. That is totally understandable, but we're in a day and age now where that's not necessary in most places. So why do we continue that? Even if you live in an area where you still could face not persecution no persecution I guess or just judgment or you don't want to share with other people that's still fine but also don't like you know feel like you need to wait for somebody to give you a deck if you know that that's not going to happen if you need personal growth like pull an Esther when she was visiting her family sneak away buy a deck real quick (laughs) and then you're just done you've done it right can you hear me angrily shuffling? I'm like angrily shuffling right now because of this discussion. I know. So gatekeepers drive us crazy. If you have any questions about like what you need to do to get started, you're absolutely welcome to ask Oh, us. yes. And oh, we yes. will basically just tell you to do whatever feels right, which we've said on the podcast a million yeah. times. But but we'll also give you suggestions on kind of where to start, yeah. like where to kind of point you in certain ways because people ask us like, well... What kind of oracle deck should I buy? And I'm like, well, what's your style? Because that's who these to me cards are an expression of who you are. Yeah, and the way you read cards is an expression of who you are. So I, I played want a to really fun game that. with a group that I'm in, like a chat group that I'm in for a podcast that we both listen to, where somebody <laughs> I was like, if you want mermaids but you also want diversity, like this deck, would, the one yeah. that we're doing today would be a good one. <laughs> if you want bones but also flowers, I have a different deck for you. If you want just <laughs> bones, there's another deck for that. Like, right? It's yeah, it's fun because. There, especially in this sort of like tarot renaissance of the last like decade, there are so many incredible so decks. Yes. I mean, obviously we have a problem. You yes. and I. Yes. Specifically. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out. This is our like AA meeting. Our first step is admitting we have no control over this. <laughs> we have no control. So where are some like, where are places that people can buy tarot decks? Oh, yeah. We're kind of talking about that. All over the place. In 2019, all over the place. So what are our favorite like websites? Let's just My go favorite, websites. Basics. Yeah, that's a good point. My favorite resources are usually Etsy and Amazon. Okay. Because Amazon is something, my local bookstores do not carry many decks. I mean, you and I went to the Barnes and Noble in my town and there were a couple, but it wasn't like a very extensive uh, collection. I was was very disappointed. I was like, even though you prepared me for it, I I was like- Really? You're this like, I it? thought California would be better at this, but I thought they'd be so much more cooler than uh, Yeah. Okay. So th- <laughs> if you have an awesome esoteric shop in your town, you can go there. But I yeah. do know that we have listeners who have gone to their esoteric shop and the people that who were working there were real big assholes to them about wanting <gasps> to buy a deck, like just giving off weird vibes and being oh super gosh. strange. So if you, you don't need that. Yeah, if you don't want to do that, you definitely don't have to. I know that like the responsible consumer is like 
I want to support local businesses. I am right there with you. But if they're being weird and gatekeepy about like you buying a deck from them, then just go on Amazon. You don't need that in your life. So Amazon, Etsy is a really great resource. There are so many cool indie decks being sold through Etsy. I am broke now because of Etsy. So just an FYI, just, like, it's ridiculous. Accept your credit card information, and it's so easy to buy more. Tax. I know. It's just like two clicks, and you're done. Exactly. So there's just like no end of places. But basically, what I would say, and the reason that I get so many decks, is because I follow a bunch of tarot readers on Instagram. And yes. I see their cool stuff and I'm like, oh, where did you get that? And then I will tell myself, Holly, you don't need it. And then like four days later, sure enough, it's in my, <laughs> my We have bag. no self-control. <laughs> Hi, my name is Esther and I have no self-control. Yeah. But I think that like the main thing is just that like if you're interested in it I, and you should just go buy one. <laughs> right. Right. So since we're kind of talking about buying decks, what are some like good beginner friendly decks that we would kind of recommend? So I think that Everyday Witch is something that we've suggested before. I stand by that. Yes. I feel like this Mermaid Tarot would be a really good beginner it's deck. It's really good. Like this, <laughs> like I was thinking like Mermaid Tarot and Luna Soul Tarot. Because yeah. Luna Soul is very RWS based. So you can kind of read it in many different, for me, if you study RWS first, you have a good foundation for reading any tarot deck that comes yeah, your way. Yeah, totally. I think that though, what what was one that we, oh, the Unicorn Tarot from. Oh yeah, Unicorn Tarot from Pamela Unicorn. Yeah, she, even though it's all unicorns, I think that that also aligns really closely with Rider-Waite-Smith. And so that can be a good deck to get started with. Oh yes, RWS means Rider-Waite-Smith. Oh yeah, so, so you'll hear people. Oh, and also <laughs> LWF, LWB is Little White Book. And so in a lot of like online forums and stuff, people talk about the LWB because they come in tarot boxes with like a little brief definition um more and more now there are people who are creating really extensive beautiful books to go along with their tarot decks but the little white books is kind of the traditional like here's what to expect with a tarot deck sort of thing do we want to do like a sample unboxing for people how to kind of get started for your first time with yeah. the tarot deck you just got the mermaid tarot so what did you yes, do did. when you you know, picked it up off of your stoop. Okay. I picked it up off my stoop and like ripped it open from the tape. Like Outside. I literally punched the side of the box and like <laughs> ripped it open. And then typically now, especially like a lot of Llewellyn decks, Llewellyn is a very big publisher company of tarot books and yeah. tarot decks. They have really like good cardboard packaging. So basically you'll kind of open the magnetic flap and like a book yeah. and inside immediately is like a little ribbon that you tug and the book pops out and beneath it is a tarot deck that's wrapped in cellophane. Yeah. And typically the tarot deck is already put in order, usually from the full all the way to the world in for the major arcana and then whatever kind of minor arcana, the aces to tens and then the, the court cards. Yeah. Typically I will kind of flip through them in order just to kind of get a feel for the deck, kind of make some mental notes, things like that. And then kind of start shuffling. Cause that's yeah. kind of what you do next. Just yeah. shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Well, and so I also like to double check that every card is there, especially if you're ordering indie decks. So the difference oh, between yeah. indie decks and mass market decks is that an indie deck is like a person who has a shop who sells a deck they created. There's also a couple of publishers, Llewellyn being one, another one being U.S. Games. Those are probably the two main ones because Los Garabeo is actually a Llewellyn. They're oh. linked somehow. Like oh. Llewellyn distributes Los Garabeo in the U.S. or something. I don't know. Oh, Somehow they're okay. they're linked. But anyway, those are like the three big names that you'll hear. Los Garabeo, U.S. Games, and Llewellyn. Um, there are additional ones, but those are the main, the main ones that we use. Hay House is another one, but that's like all the Doreen Virtue stuff. So we don't use any of those. The mass markets are picked up by a publisher in a similar structure to how books are published. Like there's a big publishing house. There's a ton of resources behind it. And those decks are the ones that are usually being stocked in mainstream bookstores and even Amazon. And so those are really, really widely available. And so a lot of the times we like to suggest and we review those mass market decks because mass market decks tend to be like $40 or less. 
Um, yeah. Some of them are like under $20, like even new ones. And sometimes they're apps, so you can get them for like four bucks in the, in the app store. Yeah, exactly. And the indie decks, because it's a just a person who's doing all of this sort of on their own dime, they tend to be more expensive. A lot of the times they're also a little bit more bespoke, like the card quality is really good or mm-hmm. there's like, you know, something interesting that makes it. Usually they're a bit more like unique, like there's a, a really unique perspective with indie decks. I think that's why indie decks are really popular is because you can kind of find your own identity in indie decks. Meanwhile, mass marketing is kind of for a lot of people to buy. Exactly. They're supposed to be popular. Exactly. So I think that's like a big, that's the big difference with just the way that they promote them. Totally. And so if you buy, like one of my, the first decks that I ever bought was the Radiant Rider Waite Smith. And that came in a set with a big box, but you can also buy it with just, just the cards that have a little white book in them. And in that case, it's like a tuck box, meaning like kind of like what you expect from a deck of playing cards. But like Esther was saying, some publishers are known for these like beefy boxes. Extravagant boxes that are just beautiful. And you're like, ah, <laughs> just like the mermaid terror. When I opened it, it was like Ariel's voice singing to me. <laughs> I actively hate boxes like that, though, because it's hard I to do keep too, they take up so much there. space. They take up so much space. <laughs> but I do like like the two sided ones, like the ones for... Um, uh, the wild unknown, like we talked about yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. like those. I like like nice, solid, non-tuck boxes. I just don't right. like it when they're huge. So right, that's like right. my own issue. But anyway, so yeah, once you have opened up the box, I always flip through it, especially with indie decks. Like I, the deck that I'm about to send you that you bought was oh, yeah. like in the most random order I've ever seen. <laughs> I opened it. I opened it to like the I can't even remember like four of pentacles maybe and i was like what the hell what deck starts in the middle of a minor arcana well okay you, i i think i know how that happened is because with us building a deck you just upload the cards and so yeah. she probably uploaded them to like just a, just a general like mass upload and just had them printed that way yeah instead of putting them all in order which is yeah. totally fine but i'm sure that's probably how why it happened yeah. that way so i i went through it i sorted them all out i put them in order to make sure that they were all there Um, But also the other thing about doing anything where you're focusing on the cards for a little bit is that that aids with connecting with the artwork and bonding with the deck. And so it's always, I think any tarot reader would say that their first step is looking at every card. Mm-hmm. right <laughs> definitely because sometimes like especially when you start to to read with it it'll surprise you like wait is this a four of wands or is this a four of swords because i see like a wand here it something looks like a wand or is this a sword you know yeah, so you, totally with some decks it's not quite clear so familiarizing yourself with that is like a really exactly. good best practice and if you want to make it a more ritualized or longer process you can do that over more time than just a quick flip through you can write down initial thoughts if that's something you want to do all of those things are totally fine I tend to just look at them and then move on and then like you said I shuffle I shuffle I shuffle I shuffle and then I just start reading with them now how would like a introduction like reading because I know that those are sort of popular yeah get to know you sort of yeah totally so I usually pull I have found a ton of spreads but all of them are a little bit more in depth than I want them to be so I usually pull like two or three cards of like what kind of deck you are and two or three cards about what our relationship will be. And mm-hmm. that's usually enough that I usually pull a couple of cards just to kind of see what it wants to sh- show me because like, as I'm shuffling, it'll always like flash some cards. So, like, like I feel like it's like, like stunting, like, yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm the four <laughs> of wands or Hey, look at me. I'm the king of pentacles. So that usually starts kind of happening, happening naturally. Like sort of like take note of what's kind of flashing itself to me. Cause I think that's kind of like a personality of the deck. Yeah. Totally. It's kind of what it kind of sh- wants to show off and bling bling. And then like, I'll just pull a couple of cards to kind of just see the energy of the deck and how our relationship would be. And if, and, um, what did I do today? Oh, and how like can be healing for me and how yeah, it'll be a challenge a nice for addition. me. So things, stuff like that. It's like, especially like with Mermaid Tara, I was like, oh, well, you know, it, it was like flashing all these like really positive cards. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. Like it's, <laughs> it's like the three of cups and the four of wands. I was like, oh, what's oh, going on favorites. here? Like, oh, I know. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that may, the main thing is like, if you get a new deck or if you get your first deck or if you get 
just, you know, your 75th deck or whatever. Don't feel like you need to do any specific ritual. If you want to, there are some really, really, really cool things you can do. I like to carry a deck around with me the first couple of days I have it, but I don't always like I'm so inconsistent, but I can do that. <laughs> I also yeah. can leave it out in moonlight to charge it or whatever. I can smoke cleanse it. All of those things are totally fine and you absolutely can do them. You don't need to unless you feel drawn to. So yeah. if you're like sitting there going, you know, actually this first reading I got made a lot of sense. Don't tell yourself that it you must have done something wrong or whatever. Like that's yeah. fine. It can just right out of the box make sense to you. Oh yeah. Like we proved last week, we can just use a deck right out of the box. You don't need to do anything sort of like woo woo special to make the yeah. deck work for you. But you're absolutely welcome to, because I definitely yeah. know that there are, de- there are times where all I want is to bring a little bit more magic in. And so in those cases, yeah, I want to do something really special to my decks. But like, oh, that's another thing is that a lot of the times around this time, like full moon, we have a full moon today, people will be like, oh, I put all of my crystals and all of my cards out to charge in the moon. And that is a lot of effort. If you can't do that or you forget or whatever, you can still use those crystals and those cards. You don't have to like wait until the next moon to charge everything. (laughs) And don't worry about like rain or clouds because sometimes people have been like, oh, it's been cloudy. So I'm not going to put anything. I'm like, the moon is strong enough to get through the clouds. Like the moon (laughs) is still there. (laughs) It's still there. Yeah. And some people will choose to charge their decks with crystals inside the pouches. So there's just like lots of things you can do. You know what? I have the tradition, the gatekeeping tradition that I totally forgot about. Some people say that you have to only keep your decks in silk bags. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't yeah. that funny? Do you have a single silk bag? I do because my K- Korean taro website, they always send you a black silk bag with your deck. So with every, I have like 400 silk bags in my house <laughs> because I get one free with every deck that I buy. Oh my God. But I don't really use them because like, you know me, I like to differentiate my decks with yeah. pencil cases, makeup bags, linen bags, because to me, I want to know on site what deck I'm looking at. Totally. I hate boxes. Boxes take up too much space in my little apartment. So I just think it's bullshit to put them in silk cases. If you like silk cases, use silk case, but you don't have to. Yeah, if that makes you feel better, go for it. Exactly. <laughs> but it is that's, not that's our whole That's our whole entire spiel. If it makes you feel better, <laughs> then just do it. <laughs> I bet that there are, like, older tarot readers who are, like, fucking millennial tarot readers with all their feel-good <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Probably. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. I oh mean, well. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> we're, I mean, it's not. We're not going to please you anyway. So, exactly. Oh well. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. So anyway, if you have any questions about you know getting involved with tarot or questions for us, you can definitely email us. Uh, Instagram, Instagram, anything, messages, like whatever. We're around. Facebook group. We're definitely like here for you to support you in however this manifests for you. Exactly. Now, do you want to do a spread example and talk about our Equinox spread? Yes, because I'm so excited about Austera. Okay, Me too. I absolutely have in the past hated spring, but for some reason, I'm just ready for spring and Austera to kind of come and usher in. I think that once you start following the moon cycle, like for me, it was really mo- like following the moon cycle, but following the wheel of the year even if you're not like i'm not wiccan and neither are you yeah yeah but just recognizing like that there are ebbs and flows each year you suddenly start liking each season for what it brings because you're not fighting against it like you know that spring is about growth you're not still trying to be like how do i like maintain i want to be in autumn autumn is much better yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) like it's right now things are growing yeah (laughs) and so we are too (laughs) yeah and i just love that we're getting a little bit of pagan up in here so yeah exactly we haven't had the opportunity lately because it's been just winter so (laughs) (laughs) our equinox and austera spread was created and posted by our friend bujo witchcraft bujo means bullet journaling and i absolutely adore their bullet journals because i cannot art at all so seeing their art (laughs) yesterday when you were like oh my god i hate her and then you said because she's so good at art i was like so good it's ridiculous because when i when i bullet journal it becomes shit really fast like i will try circles i've tried zentangles (laughs) 
and then I just do too much and it just goes to shit. So I know, I, but Bucha witchcraft is so so good so at it. So good. And this so spread good. was exactly what we wanted. I know because I was trying to think through like, well, I kind of want something that's sort of organic with nature and then they posted this and I was like, this is perfect Holly, we need to use this. So it can found, be found at their Insta at Bujo Witchcraft. Bujo is B U J O and then witchcraft. Yes. And a little background on on Ostera for us northern hemisphere dwellers. It's the spring equinox right now and like we're recording right now. Like right <laughs> this very moment. Like I can feel the shifting in the world. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, and also we just transitioned into Aries season, so. So yes, yeah, so we have Mercury RX, the super moon, full moon, the super full moon basically. Yeah. Astrology astrology new year with Aries season coming in. Yeah. And spring equinox Ostera. This is like the day, Holly. I know. I love And we're the doing this episode equinox. today. I know. I'm feeling so good, except for my day started out with making a cup of coffee that tasted like absolute garbage, but I'm moving past it. Yeah. I'm moving past it. Because you don't drink garbage. You're not drinking garbage now. Exactly. So- I didn't force myself to finish it. But anyway, our yeah, awesome so spread. Austera. <laughs> so Austera symbolizes like renewal, growth, and fertility, anything that kind of spring sort of manifest. And so it's no surprise that the tradition is about seeding new ideas. So we're going to pull some cards. Yeah. In Bujo Witchcraft Spread, there is a seed is what to plant, stem, where to look for support, prune, what to release, water what to nourish and bud what to expect so we're kind of going to do the spread for the whole podcast yes this austera season this is our wildly tarot reading yes and we do these individually regularly but we did one as a collective between the two of us on our yule episode yes i feel like this is like a very this uh, starting a tradition like uh, kind of the wheel of the year pagan sort of holiday for the podcast sort of yeah totally. doing At a spread least with the equinoxes and the solstices because yes. those yes. are the ones that i pay close enough attention to, to <laughs> it's the it's not careful. the like the minor ones between that that we kind of forget yeah I'm i mean really i still will note pagan. them but i'm not like that concerned yeah All exactly right. do you want to start yeah i'll start what to plant i'm using line starter because it's my most kind of springy deck so awesome i know i it's, it's one of my favorites what to plant the seed is the seven of pentacles so planting work and continuing work and toiling the fields i love what to plant it's like the planting card (laughs) what to plant just plant (laughs) okay where to look for support the empress Ooh, that kind of goes really well once plant and like yeah no kidding seeing some fertility those are like two very fertility related cards Yes. And we're feeling like we're sort of in this mode of growth. Yes, definitely. Been feeling that for a little while. And prune, what to release? We have strength. Ooh, strength. I think it's just that idea of no no longer like being internalizing with our strength, like coming out from ourselves. And this makes any sense. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Because we've been so internal for so long, and now we're starting to get to that point of being external with a lot of the stuff that we've developed. Yeah. So to me, you know, it's no longer holding on to that internal strength, like developing a lot of things internally within us. It's more expressing that outwardly. Yeah, So totally. that's kind of what to, pr- what to prune and release. And then what to nourish. I got the Eight of Swords, which is an interesting turn. Because the Eight of Swords is that woman who's surrounded by all the swords, and she is... Uh, blindfolded and yes. like not really moving. So in a place of nourishment, I would say that that is related to setting appropriate boundaries, uh, which I could see as we continue to kind of like grow. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. We have yeah. like kind of hit a new like level of how many people are listening to us blather on about tarot each week, which is so wildly <laughs> flattering, but it does make it so that it's like really tempting to be like, I need to be on Facebook 24 seven responding to right. every single post because I want everyone to know how happy I am that they're interacting with each other. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe me setting some boundaries about like, I don't want my entire day to be spent on Facebook, like ever that's never right. been something I wanted. And so maybe right. like setting some boundaries with what, each of us should be doing to like make sure that we're not overextending ourselves past our yes. boundaries. Yes, yes. I definitely concur with that nourishment statement. Yay. And, <laughs> and then Bud, what to expect? I have the eight of pentacles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so great. That it's like we start with seven of pentacles, finishing with the eight of pentacles. Yeah. Perfect. 
So yeah. we're going to see results of some efforts that we're making and we just need to make sure that we're setting boundaries. And I think so for the Empress being the Empress and strength being in the middle is really interesting to me because what to, where to look for support is more of that like internal fertility and like creation of new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the two, only two major arcanas that we got was where to look for support being the Empress and what to release being strength. Yeah. But you know, actually in context with the nourishing the eight of swords, I think that the releasing strength thing makes a lot of sense because that's strength and control can be really similar yeah. And definitely. if we're being asked to like maybe set some better boundaries and release some of our own control, I think yeah. that, that aligns like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We can't always put that burden on ourselves to be interactive, to be marketing, to be I mean, because I mean, marketing is like a relative term, yeah. but to be always like interacting with people, we also need to have our own sort of lives and self-nourishment through all this stuff. Well, and too, also so. like I think that one of the things that exhausts us most, the, like exhausts us the most is in groups that aren't our group Mm -hmm. (laughs) if somebody even mentions tarot we're like oh shoot i gotta make sure that i'm getting a plug-in for for wildly tarot and so i think that that's like a part of it like that is a boundary that we can really easily set is we don't need to be the i mean like I, i guess just like you know we know that if you like our podcast, you'll mention it. And yeah. we don't need to always be like butting into conversations <laughs> about tarot and like random other Facebook groups being like, have you heard of my podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and some of it is like, we're excited because we want to share the resource with other people. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's kind of like it's putting that pressure on ourselves to always be like looking out for that moment. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that sort of thing. And so kind of like releasing that expectation of ourselves. Yeah. Just letting this keep, because we haven't done anything different for the past like two weeks and yeah. suddenly we've like experienced this like a mass amount of growth and I think it's just kind of like just naturally just let it happen let go of that control like you said and just kind of just let things happen exactly yeah, yeah totally awesome yeah. well thank you so much Boudreaux Witchcraft for yeah, your spread this is amazing this spread, I love and I'm this. really excited for spring I know I'm really excited for spring all the daffodils <laughs> like bloomed overnight and I'm just thrilled every time my dog goes pees and poops I get to like look at the daffodils and just be happy so. <laughs> well and also I'm realizing that maybe part of the reason that I'm so stoked about spring is that my birthday is in it is less soon. than a month <laughs> it is oh no two months less two than months two I'm months. like I was like I think I have the wrong date if it's less than a month but I won't say anything on the podcast just in case I'm not no, gonna be that idiot it's less than two, <laughs> two months, months and I am very excited I'm turning yes. the big three two <laughs> we have a family story that we really love uh when my sister who's the youngest turned 10 she like you know was just so jaded as a 10 year old she walked into mom and dad's bedroom in the morning and they're like happy birthday babe and she's like, yep, turning the big one <laughs> oh. <laughs> Katie. Which is so funny to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, the big one oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. She's so oh ridiculous, God. and I love it. She I think it's because two years her. earlier, my mom had turned 40, and everyone always says the big oh, 4 like made a big deal of big 4 oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no wonder. One oh. She was waiting two years to, like, let that loose. I know. She knew it would be a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We were talking about that the other day and just, like, laughing so hard. I just love the idea of this, like, jaded, like, blonde bob little girl being like, oh, yeah, it's time to turn in. I'm turning just the big turn one Just turn 10. Out. I need to retire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me my pension. <laughs> oh, Lord, I love it so much. All right, so let's talk about our deck because I know that Ooh, I cut you off so earlier excited. when you were doing that. Exactly. <laughs> Esther's so excited, and I was like, "Save it!" I had to keep my. I had. I was like, I, "I can't say anything, Holly." Like literally, I I messaged her. I'm like, "I'm weeping over this deck, Yay. but I'm not going to say anything I because I'm saving it. it all for the podcast." Exactly. Okay, so we're talking about the Mermaid Tarot from Lisa Robertson. The illustrations are by Julie Dillon. This deck is super new. It came out like at the beginning of February. I haven't seen a ton of people use it. I think it's just now getting in stores because oh, the author was really right. excited, like saying like, if you see it in stores, make take a picture of it. So I think it's just now kind of oh, getting okay. in stores. So it's, uh, it came out in February. It's from Llewellyn, like we mentioned earlier. And the publishers just say, 
The merfolk are teachers and guides born in a watery world of magical mythology and powerful energy. This elegantly illustrated deck invites you to receive the lessons and blessings of the magical realm, offering the insights that you need to move forward through the challenges and barriers that we must all face. Now more than ever, the song of the mermaid are calling to the people of the land. Let their magic be your guide. There's a full color, like 273 page guidebook with full page images of every single card. It's gorgeous. It's really, really beautiful, super high quality. And also it has tarot spells. So like spells you can use with the tarot cards and also spreads, of course. Each suit feels really different tonally. The wands are super fiery and seem to be kind of like based in the South Pacific, like that region of the world. Like there's a lot of like Hawaiian lore sort of woven into it. And the swords are all really icy and they seem like Arctic mermaids, kind of like Arctic issues. And there are humans, there are animals, there are mer people, there are mystical figures like fairies. It's just like a lot of mythology in it. And it overall culminates into a really, really diverse and whimsical experience and I cannot wait for more people to own this deck (laughs) okay so I'll with the suit the wands are they call it guardians of volcanoes where did you see that (laughs) this was in the book this was in the book when it was introducing like the minor arcana we usually skip it because we know about the minor arcana but this was their like definition yeah I must have just completely you herbed it it. (laughs) so the wands are guardians of volcanoes pentacles are guardians of lakes rivers waterfalls basically kind of like any like land yeah that's why there are more fairies in that right there's more fairies cups are guardians of the ocean so you'll have of course like more whales octopus like stuff like that and then the swords are guardians of the polar ice caps which i thought was really interesting girl you are so much better at this research stuff than i am or you just just read read the book I was just really excited about this deck. I am so proud of you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So that makes a lot of sense because the pentacles yeah. all felt like foresty. Right. Yeah. So it's basically like any sort of like land body of water. So like, Lakes. So like four of pentacles is she's on the, like the waterfall kind of brushing her hair. Yeah. 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 So things I like that. that. So yeah. That it was such I a great too. card. I did too. And the meaning was amazing. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing is that the book is super great because it includes like the reasoning behind the art choices in addition to the actual meaning of the card which i really love when artists do that i love it because it's a whole big paragraph about the reason like the art like kind of like a miniature story yeah describing i'm going to read one later so i'm going to kind of keep oh okay keep keep it down low so why don't we go into your general ideas so that this episode doesn't end up being three hours long (laughs) it's going to be three hours long holly it's going to be three hours long okay so my first expectations was it was going to be like a cheese fest of mermaids because like let's be honest so many mermaid decks are, are cheese so fest. cheesy. Yes. Fabio's. It's ridiculous. And I actually had the Dame Darcy one and the art was like so, I mean, cheesy, like not great. Yeah. And so I gave it it's to my sister. Yeah. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Katie. I love you, but you got the cheesy one. So yeah. to me, that's what I expected. And then as I kind of like saw the artwork and saw how diverse it was, like there's body diversity. There's tons of people of color in this deck. Yeah. I was crying because of the, how diverse it was, but how intelligently it was applied. Yeah. Like it totally. wasn't, it wasn't just token people for the sake of having people in the yeah, deck. Yeah, exactly. It was, and also it was so consistent throughout. There isn't like a moment where it's like, okay, they just had, they just felt like they needed to include a brown person so that people right. would like say it was diverse. It's like so integrated throughout the entire thing. There's so much diversity. And like you were saying, body diversity also like majorly and it's just age diversity it's just really cool it's nice to see that especially because mermaids like people just want to say like oh they're all beautiful and glamorous like that's kind of all blonde and white or you know the little mermaid like they're all redheads or yeah. no, there actually aren't any redheads, I don't think. But no, anyway. there are there are a couple redheads. So it's like children though. So yeah. but there but it's like but it's all like very intelligent and like intentional, but it with feels but really feeling thoughtful. natural. Yeah, if it makes totally. any sense. It doesn't feel like you're getting token people in this deck. Yeah. Or token merfolk, I should say. Yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> they're not so. humans, they're all mermaids for the most part. And they're different, like diverse. They're like merfolk with legs, mer- merfolk with fins, merfolk with sharks, you know, like it's like, even in that, it's diverse. So yeah. it's kind of like, I just love it. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm trying to contain myself, Holly. I hope I you appreciate lo- no, I love it. the I amount totally of time. I love it. And that's the ge- that is the general impression. I wish yeah. that the cardstock were a little bit thicker, but that's the, like the pretty The cards are the r- kind of flimsy, but at the same time, it's like, 
I'll kind of forgive it in a little way. But I will say that the gloss on it makes it feel like there's like flashes of metallic. Because as I was flipping through it, like the colors are so, like the art is so well done that as the gloss kind of glazes over some, a certain like areas, it looks like it's flashing metallic at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, so totally. So it feels a little fancier when you're looking at it. I Yeah, I think so too. It's not worse than Everyday Witch. I'd say it's like the yeah. same card About stock, the same, yeah. Which yeah, makes sense. I would agree with that. Because it's the same it's Llewellyn. <laughs> yeah, it's Llewellyn. But yeah, so generally, I think that when I first opened it, I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. Yeah, this is exactly. really, really cool. And the back looks like Aquaman. Like, this is Aquaman. Like, the there's like a golden pearl surrounded by like Kelp. sea leaves. Kelp, thank you. I was. I was not going to be specific because I didn't really know what the, the, the definition was. I'm from the Monterey Bay and kelp is one of our most proud things that we have there. Do you know okay, that it can good. grow six feet a day? <laughs> That's kind of terrifying. Actually. <laughs> but the cool thing about kelp is that it's huge and it's a really great ecosystem. But sharks Ooh. can't swim through it because if they stop moving forward, they can't breathe. And so oh. there are all these coves that have a ton of really awesome wildlife, but no sharks because of the kelp. Oh, free fact from Holly yeah, about kelp. Go. And somebody who <laughs> works at the Monterey Bay Aquarium is going to be like, you're totally wrong about that. That's just like when your dad told your sister that each mountain can only have one snake on it. <laughs> like, you can't be scared. You already saw the snake that lives on this mountain. Like, you can't be scared. Sharks can't get through kelp. <laughs> I love your dad so much. <laughs> All right. So I, since this is so new, you probably haven't done a lot of readings with it, but what All type I just of did reading? was like an opening reading, like interacting with the deck. Yeah. And it was the general impression I got from it, that this is going to be the deck that I'm going to read for people with a lot yes. more. I think that it would be very easy to read for others with because the, the scenes are all really evocative. Like, you yes. know what their goal is. Even yes. with cards like the Eight of, of Wands, which is right, just yeah. eight wands, and people are like, what's that supposed to eight mean? Eight wands with, the, you know, like a woman, and it's coming out of the volcano. And yeah. you're like, what does that mean? But you kind of get the impression like, oh, I'm supposed to be acting fast. Exactly. Like, I need to like be a volcano moving, does. whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like a really thoughtful deck. I think that all the depictions are something that, like, people can – even non-readers could look at it and say, mm -hmm. like, okay, see what they're saying here. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to hear about your favorite cards. I mean, to be honest, that's what I'm here for. Just your favorite cards. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> first, before before we go into that, I would like to propose a new category. Oh, okay. And this new category is going to be called Cards That Need an Erotic Fan Fiction About Them. <laughs> <laughs> is, does that come up, up often or just in this deck? <laughs> Specifically... About one of my favorite cards. Is it the Four of Wands? <laughs> no. Okay. no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's about the Two of Swords. Oh, yeah. That depicts, like, the like a blonde merman fighting with a human, like, very, like a... Pirate. Gorgeous pirate. Sort. It's a gorgeous pirate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to read to you from the book. Yes, let's hear it. And then you can give us your own erotic fan fiction version. Oh, no, no. The book is an erotic fan fiction on its own. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> Trying to keep my composure. Okay. <laughs> Our strapping merman is helping his landlocked friend move his body while also moving his mind by teaching the merman about swordsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> I chose the wrong moment to take a sip of my tea because Esther just made the most hilarious face. I didn't write that, Holly. It's in the book. <laughs> yeah, but I bet they mean literal swordmanship. <laughs> who knows? Maybe, there's no way to know. Who knows? There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Not in my he brain. Is, he is also allowing a new perspective to enter his reality. <laughs> what may seem natural and necessary to the human male is strange and dangerous to the merman. Yet despite their differences, they both see the benefits sparring creates. Okay, yeah. They are in love. And I they would read the love. hell out of that full-length novel. That <laughs> Somebody needs to get on that. <laughs> I'm telling you. This one needs an erotic fan fiction. Because it... Oh, anyway. No, I want a full-length... Full-length like, book? Yeah. Full about the merman and the human. <laughs> yeah. If this is necessary. <sighs> so anyway, so that that is our temporary category. Okay. I like okay. it. And then I have 11 favorite cards. 
I had I had eight and I cut it down to four. Oh, but I well, want to hear all of your. Uh, okay, well there there is also a threesome that needs to happen between the Queen of Wands. Yes. The King of Wands, aka the King of Dicks, because oh my gosh, he is like look at him, he's so gorgeous. I can't. <laughs> he's like shark fin and his tattoos. I just can't. And then the Empress, because all three of them just need to kind of like get together. Uh, yeah, I well, the Empress is that. pregnant, so that'll be she, interesting. But maybe but, they already are together. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, love the Empress so much. She is gorgeous. I love the Empress. So those are like honorable other erotic fan fiction mentions. <laughs> we have awoken something in Esther. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just now expressing it. That's the problem. We yeah, had to, we had to find the deck that helps to express it. So. <laughs> And then I have a new favorite Hierophant card. Oh my gosh, the Hierophant is one of my favorites too. She is just absolutely lovely. She's in a library studious. And did you see the change that they mentioned in the book where it's not necessarily like a, a figure head. It's more of a person who records historical yeah. like narrative. I loved that kind of difference, that nuance. I loved it so much. And then the High Priestess and the Magician to me are really interesting mirrors. Because the magician, of course, has the wand, the pentacle, and the cup, and the sword. But the high priestess, instead of a wand, she's using her hands. Instead mm. of a pentacle, she has a shell. Instead of a cup, she has, like, a little bowl. And then she has a piece of nature for, like, swords. So I think it's, like, a really interesting mirroring of yeah. both of the cards. That's awesome. Like, I think it's really so pretty. Because pretty yeah. I think it also helps differentiate the, the magician and the high priestess in their roles. Totally. I adore the Three of Cups. Yeah. Like, adore it. Girlfriends. It's just, like, girlfriends, and it's so diverse. Like, there's age diversity, because you can see some graying hair in one of the mermaids, and it's just, it's body diversity. The mermaids have hips, like, actual real hips, and not, like, like stick thin bones that go down into, like, (laughs) fish scales. So I appreciate that. And then temperance, I adore the. I mean, I'm sorry, I kind of apologize. You can of time, love temperance. I love that too. I love the rainbows instead of. I water. love the rainbow between the two, and the, instead of two cups, she's has two like a conch shell that's in her hands. Yeah. I love that sort of depiction of her in the water. I just love that. So I love much. it so much. Yeah, there's just uh, there's like so many cards that I just really yeah. can get behind. Yeah, and my last card. Because I've kind of like sped through these. But my last favorite card is actually like the Six of Cups because it totally changes the Why relationship with like the Six of Cups. so much. And it's like because to me, it's like inviting in that childlike play and being like curious yeah, and being excited. festive about stuff. And where the typical RWS system is like nostalgia and memories, this is like, no, you're creating your own fun in your life. Embrace that child energy. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's it kind of like change, shifts your perspective on that. And that's why I really adore. So those are speedily all of my favorite cards. Speedily. I love it. And mine are the Hierophant, which we just talked about. I love the idea that she's, like, in a hall of records. Yes. I think that that's so great. The Three of Pentacles, just because I like the addition of the fairy there. And now that I know that it's, like, about freshwater stuff, that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's kind of forest-like. They're collecting lotus blossoms, which, I mean, because of you, I know how crazy beautiful those are in real life. Oh, yeah. And they're huge. And yeah, they're huge and they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I've never seen one IRL. And then you sent us a yeah. picture last like Lotus Flower season. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like one of those things you kind of feel like they're fake. Yeah. But then when you kind of see one in real life, you're like, oh, my gosh. That's an actual plant that's like beautiful and gigantic. Yeah. Uh, I also really love the Four of Wands because it has a, normally the Four of Wands has like the group of women dancing. And mm-hmm. in this Four of Wands, it's just a couple sitting I on a love beach. That one. And it's just really, really sweet. It's like shows that intimacy between the couple. I just love it. Yeah, I, and oh. it's like the it's a little bit more of like a quiet like celebration yeah. of accomplishment rather than like party celebration of accomplishment. Yes, and I just really yes. like it. And then also the Queen of Wands. Oh yes, which I is love just her. So pretty. Yes. And I think that that brings up a good point. All a lot of the court cards are based off of like water goddesses and gods. Yes. And so the Queen of Wands is based on Pele. 
Yes. I love that. So it's about like, and I actually think that that's super applicable for the queen of wands too, because we see it as like, Oh yeah. Being really powerful and passionate, but there is an element of the queen of wands energy that wants to burn shit to the ground. Any sort of core card can become toxic. Exactly. So. Like it can't just be the positive attributes of that. So I think that that was really well done. And I know that people do the goddess thing super poorly sometimes. And oh yes. I think, I think this, this was so just well like done. so well done. Yeah. It's such a beautiful card. I'm super into it. Woo. All right. Oh, my gosh. We get to shuffle it back in. I know. I had to put all 12 cards back in separately to make sure that I kind of cleared them and they wouldn't all be stuck together and I'd be, you know, getting all the random cards. I'm going to cry, Holly. What? Did you get the High Priestess? No. I got the Lover's card for my relationship with the deck. And this one is so precious because, like, it's a mermaid looking into a mirror and, like, self-love and, like... Holly, this is so sweet. That's so sweet. What a great card to And it's the redhead. It is. It's the only redhead that I noticed. But she is a redhead, or the mermaid is a redhead. Questionable. Questionable. Nope. Look at it. Look at it later. It's a redhead. (laughs) Do not call me a liar. (laughs) Not on the deck, a liar. (laughs) Not red enough hair. (laughs) All right. So, and I got. What did you get? What did you get? Did you get temperance? Yes. Did you get... <laughs> oh my god! It's calling god. you out, Holly. It's calling you out. I cannot believe I got temperance. You got the two of pentacles earlier today, and you got temperance. Okay, world, I get it. I understand. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my god! That is so fucking funny. <laughs> It just seems like a joke. And oh then I got gosh. the fool as a the fool, point of clarification. The so fine, fine. Fine. <laughs> Aww. I still love you, Dak. But yeah, that is hilarious. So next week, we're tentatively going to be talking about Luna Soul. We will see. Yes. And if not... <laughs> There will be another deck, so do yeah, not fear. Exactly. Do not fear. We have backups. There will be we have something else to talk about. Backups. <laughs> plenty of backups. Awesome. Well, I'm really, really happy about this very special episode, and thank you so much for listening. If you like us, just suggest this specific episode to a friend, maybe even somebody who doesn't know tarot, and then also you feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. And if you have a tarot question or life question that be helped through tarot. Email us at wildlyterrorpodcast at gmail.com or message us on our Instagram at wildlyterrorpodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram for pictures of the decks we're using, which we usually put in our stories and then save under our story highlights. Or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also, feel free to follow each of us on Instagram. I am at Celestial Esther and Holly is at Holly Enchanted. Go forth and tarot wildly. Woo! Yay! We love Yay. you. Have a great day. We love you so much. Happy springtime. <laughs> Yay! Happy Austera. Oh, and that's Mac. Mac has some feelings. Ha <laughs> ha